0: Hello and welcome to Elegan Whiteboard Friday. I'm Aditya, and here I'm here to tell you about the various compliances to be done when you are setting up a subsidiary in India. There are three types of laws that are typically applicable. Number one would be the regulatory laws. I would classify regulatory laws as laws which bind you and guide you to act in a certain fashion. So you have Companies Law and you have FEMA, which govern the entities company law talks generally about the secretarial aspects the number of meetings you need to have the constitution of the board of directors the shareholders uh, and also guides you as to how to present your financials how to do accounting bookkeeping whereas FEMA talks about inward and outward movement of money from the subsidiary to abroad, how to collect money, how to bill your clients, that's typically what FEMA does. In terms of company law, the major compliances are having your minutes of meetings at least four times in a year. You need to also have annual filings of your balance sheet and PL account with the Registrar of companies. In terms of FEMA, the compliance is pretty much transactional. When you infuse funds from your holding company to the subsidiary in India, you need to notify RBI and annually you need to inform the RBI as to what is the performance in terms of what is the profit made, what are the liabilities and assets in India or outside India. Apart from this, FEMA and company law are pretty much uh, uh, silent on respects of uh, any other compliance. There is the softex forms that we need to look at, softex typically are the forms that you need to file with an authority called the STPI when you are doing an export of software. So the reason this is being done is the RBI wants to understand what is the quantum of software export that is happening from India and they want to track the corresponding uh, turnover and the corresponding imports related to the export of software. This typically involves monthly, quarterly and annual filings and in those filings you typically need to give the quantum of wages, the number of male and female employees etc. One other aspect of an STPI registration is that you could possibly get customs benefits if it is customs bonded. So it means that if you are procuring a lot of laptops from outside India. The customs duty, which is normally charged, will be waived if the laptops are stored in a STPI customs bonded unit. If you are exporting software from a non-customs bonded unit, you need to get something called as a non-customs bonded registration with STPI, and the same compliances such as your annual, monthly, quarterly uh, filings of softx forms will continue. We then come to the fiscal laws that apply. We will have income tax and we have GST. Under income tax, we typically have transfer pricing, withholding tax, we have advanced tax payments, and we also have what I would call as royalty payments to be looked at. Advanced tax is typically paid three times in a year based on the estimate of the profits that you expect to earn. Transfer pricing, like we'll explain in more detail later on, pertains to the transactions with related entities which are outside india and any transaction with a related party outside india under transfer pricing law has to be at what is called as arms length that is the same price or the same cost that you would have incurred if you were dealing with an unrelated party has to be incurred when you are dealing with a related party this is to ensure that there is no siphoning of funds or movement of profit from outside india to any other Tax haven. Under income tax law, there are these annual filing of returns, which typically happens by September. In case of entities with uh, holding subsidiary structures, the due date is typically end of November. I would want to point out one important aspect as regards royalty. Royalty typically applies when The holding company licenses a technology or a software to a subsidiary in India. The subsidiary then uses that in order to sub-license it to customers um, for uh, earning profits in India. So this typically applies in case of a profit center. So it is only fair that for licensing the technology from the holding company, the subsidiary has to pay some sort of a royalty the big question is what is the percentage of royalty to be dis- to be paid as a ballpark figure it is typically going to be around 4 to 10% of the sales that happen in india and this again has to be benchmarked with similar technologies that are licensed by uh, third parties and uh, the royalty payments that happens by third parties in respect of similar technologies or softwares this is an important transfer pricing and uh, FEMA requirement that you actually pay the amount within uh, time. You bill it out correctly, and you set the correct margins that are applicable in respect of these royalty payments. Another fiscal law is the Goods and Services Tax. Goods and Services Tax is a tax on the supply of goods and services. So. Typically on services, when you avail services, you need to pay roughly around 18% as the GST and GST is not applicable on exports and any tax that you have paid on the inputs required in order to export the product is always available to you as a refund. So this is a big incentive for you to, uh, this is actually a requirement for you to get registered and to find the returns in time. And if you have excess payments in your credit ledgers, you can always uh, file a refund application and convert that to cash. The import-export code is typically a license that you require in order to import or export any goods or services from or uh, to India. This is a one-time requirement and it has to be quoted on all the shipping bills whenever you import goods uh, from or to India. No compliances are associated with it, but this is an important uh, uh, regulatory requirement. There are these labor laws which have to be complied with, which are typically like Profession Tax, which we call PP, then Provident Fund, which is similar to a 401k in the USA, and the ESI, which is Medicare, government-sponsored Medicare. ESI is a short form for Employee State Insurance. PF is short form for Provident Fund, which, as I said, is towards the 401k. And Profession tax is typically around INR 200 per month per employee, which has to be paid uh, every month. So these are labor-related compliances which have to be undertaken. Apart from this, there is this one other regulation, sort of a master regulation called the Shops and Establishments Act, which has to be complied with by every entity which is commercial in nature this also involves filing one form u at the end of every calendar year wherein details of the number of people employed their wages have to be provided in all these compliances what matters a lot is your bookkeeping proper bookkeeping helps you to keep track of your uh, uh, reports the number of uh, amount of credit you have outstanding in respect of gst your compliances in respect of your withholding tax how much payment to be made uh, uh, corresponding returns and the certificates that you need to provide to vendors, all that becomes easy once your bookkeeping is uh, uh, perfect. So these are the uh, various uh, compliances that you would be looking at when you start a subsidiary in India. For any queries, feel free to reach out to hello at elagan.com. Thank you.